Welcome to Inside Mineral Wells, the podcast that introduces you to the exciting people, places, and events that make Mineral Wells a magic place to live. In this episode of Inside Mineral Wells, I talk with Brian Miller at Rick House Brewing, which is located inside the Crazy Water Hotel. How are you doing, Brian? I'm awesome. How are you? Doing great. It's a beautiful day today, huh? It is, yeah. inside and out. Are you originally from Mineral Wells? Because I don't know that. I'm not. Um, so I, I grew up north of Dallas and then in Dallas for a while. Um, kind of served my time in Deep Ellum, worked for some bands and worked in some radio and then kind of gradually moved farther out west and lived in Fort Worth for 15 years and then moved out here about three three years ago yeah yeah and so what brought you here um a a friend of mine that i still cussing to this day (laughs) so we we had put the plan together to open a brewery in a different location different state and it fell through and it was one of those weird kismet things to where it's like within two weeks from getting back home i got a phone call from him saying hey i've set up a meeting just show up at this day at this time and the meeting was here it was it was out here at actually it was a coffee and cocktails and <laughs> sat down and walked into a firing line situation and kind of walked through our plan and made a bunch of stuff up on the fly and here we are <laughs> and will you name that friend um, or is, is he on your yes. bad list now no, oh steve watson uh-huh. i've known him for 30 plus years did you know him in deep ellum i knew him in high school wow that does go way back yeah, i know way back yeah so you mentioned deep ellum i pretty much lived in deep ellum for i don't know 10 12 13 years because i used to do a music magazine in dallas what when yeah it was that was from like 1986 to 1998 i i was there 95 96 to about 99 really yes that's incredible so we probably ran into each other at clubs or something absolutely yeah we we hung out in trees curtain club yep yep um thin room green room gypsy tea room after it opened um yeah i worked for a band named quick serve johnny okay and you know what that sounds familiar and we 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 were the baby band for uh deep blue something and the nixons i remember them yeah hung out with a bunch of the guys from the toadies and yeah it was yeah i knew the toadies we they like, actually um they actually wore Todd actually wore a t-shirt with my um, magazine logo <laughs> really? on it for their promotional photo when they that's got awesome. signed. Yeah. That's incredible. It was, it was an amazing time. I wouldn't change it for the world, but it, that's why I refer to it as doing my time. Yeah, it's, yeah. I can check that off saying I did it. Again, I wouldn't change it, but it's like, okay, we can, we can yeah, move on. Yeah. And everybody asks me for stories, and it's yeah. like I'm shaking my head no, like people can see me. But it's like maybe one day I'll – jot some stuff down or just tell one person because that was that was some things there were some things yeah those were the days we were were young and dumb back then yeah you remember a place called calvin's coffee house i think that was the name of it Mm, no i don't was that in deep elm yeah it was in deep elm and um there were a couple bands toadies wasn't the one of them that that time around but uh, we did a couple benefit shows where we have like five bands 
that played at some place. Calvin's Coffee House was one of them, and they raised money to help fund the magazine. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it was just like a side gig for yeah. me. I was I was I had a full time job. We had a blast doing that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was great, but yeah, I'm kind of like you. That's. It's, Okay. I'm done with that. Yeah. I've moved on. Previous life. It's, exactly. Yeah, next. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's a big difference between Deep Elm and then coming here. You it, know. Well, there's a big difference in Deep Elm back then and Deep Elm now. Oh yeah, I, I agree. Wouldn't, I, I wouldn't very go rarely back approach now. it now. Yeah. Um, but it's still kind of go. It's still interesting to go through and look at the sites now versus yeah. what it was back then. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's it's a totally different feel everything from having done that and then i mean that i love it out here and i wouldn't change any of this for anything but it's like yeah it's a totally different feel from going from that to this yeah but it's like i said i love it i'm glad was that kind of part of your consideration to moving here just the slower pace and the different Uh, vibe um, well yeah i was ready to do it because we started staging the brewery for Man, probably a year, year and a half um, before any hard decisions were made. Uh-huh. And my wife was staunch. I am not moving to Mineral Wells. And, Are you serious? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I mean, it wasn't in a mean way. It's uh-huh. like she's she's a Fort Worth girl. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She grew up there. Fort Worth is nice. She lived uh, maybe, f- I'm going to get in trouble because I'm going to age her. <laughs> she probably lived 40 years in the same zip code. Wow. And so we moved from... Southwest Fort Worth to Northwest Fort Worth, and you would have acted like it's like that was the end of the world. That was the longest move she's ever made in her life. Interesting. Um, and so we we lived up in Northwest Fort Worth for a little while, and yeah, she was staunch against moving out here. And we had been, like I said, we'd been staging the brewery and getting everything going, doing a bunch of events out here, and she was still on that on that cart, like I'm not going to do it. And then one of the Christmas parades was coming through and uh-huh. so we came out and you've i think you've Mary been Wells. to this last one yeah yeah thousands yeah. thousands of people come out to the parade and it was just unbelievable and it's this it's this setting to where it's like a norman rockwell picture it's like it, it's like watching a christmas story to where it's this i don't know it's like old <laughs> old old time and it was like 30 or 45 minutes of just the coolest thing you've ever seen mm-hmm. and it went on forever and i looked over and she's just like crying she's like doing ugly cry and i'm like okay what have i done now it's like (laughs) are one of the kids lost and i don't know what it is and i get this real it's like okay we're moving this is beautiful (laughs) i love it i love it and so i was like well okay let's talk about it when you're not so emotional she's like no we're in i've already made up my mind we're doing it okay (laughs) That is such an awesome story. And so, I mean, that's just kind of, it goes back to your, it's night and day compared to what we grew up in over in Dallas. But the small town, knowing the right people is key and just kind of just getting into this small town mentality and this vibe. Man, I I love it. And we've been here for, let's say, three years now. Mm -hmm. um, And we absolutely love it. That is awesome. So, how did you get interested in craft beer? <laughs> Obviously, you must have been a beer drinker, right? <laughs> well, er, most most everybody's a beer drinker. Uh, <laughs> most everybody. Uh, 
But and, and that's why I was talking to somebody earlier this morning. We can do like an on the record or an off the record response to that. But what really happened, and it's not this big romantic story of this happened and this happened. It's not nearly as good as the Christmas parade story. <laughs> it was just the mere fact that a couple of us were hanging out at a dining room table having way too many beers and like, well, <laughs> hell, I can do this. And it was like, I think the next day we went and bought a beer making kit. Um, and cooked on an old either 1943 or 1948 Merritt and O'Keefe gas stove, one of the old, old school ones. Oh, my gosh. And proceeded to stink up the house. And, um, <laughs> but, yeah, so that's how it all started, five-gallon batch on a stove. But, I mean, if you talk to probably 99% of the brewers out there, that's pretty much par for the course. That's how it went. <laughs> Sounds like how a lot of bands start. Heck, we could do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably not too far off. <laughs> now, a lot of those guys suck, but it's <laughs> but there are a lot of good but ones heck, out there, man, too. If the Ramones can get up there and do what they do, I know, then right? anybody yeah. can be a musician. And looking like that, it's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Joey's going to come through the door and kick my ass. Um, but, um, but, yeah, and so we started out um, on the stove in the house, and my wife, she lovingly complain about how it would make mm-hmm. the house smell yeah so she's not an ipa person or a hoppy person mm-hmm. so she accused me of making the house smell like dirty socks <laughs> so still if you ask her if we talk about ipa she has a sock scale that she's like oh this is a six on a sock scale or get that away that's a nine and a half on a sock scale oh my gosh <laughs> Okay, so explain that it, what an IPA and what was the other thing? IPA and a hop? Oh, the hops? Yeah. So hops are, it's actually a cousin of marijuana or weed. And so it's a flower. And so that's what kind of gives it that floral or citrusy uh-huh. pull on it. But to some people, it's its not a sour beer, but it's kind of that that kicks you right in the top of the throat. Uh-huh. Um, and so an IPA is one of those that typically has higher hop levels in it. And it's measured by, a, a, it's called an IBU, an International Bitterness Unit. Uh-huh. And to kind of put it in perspective, it's like mainstream beers that you buy, the domestics, Miller Lite, Bud Light, Coors Light, McUltra, all of those. They're about a 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means it's, it's, really, it's really easy going. There's not a whole lot going on with it in the means of hops but it's like i've got one beer that's the ibus are about 90 um and so it's one of those where you kind of have to put your seatbelt on and get ready for it and it's <laughs> it'll get you if you're not prepped not prepared so for it what is that one on the on the sock scale <laughs> that's probably about a 9.75 <laughs> that's hysterical yeah and so it's it's usually the sock scale and if they try it it's the number of twitches that i get in their eyes <laughs> <laughs> so you're in the kitchen doing this how do you do that in a kitchen how do you uh, we started out doing different levels of brewing towards they have it like an extract brewing mm-hmm. to where you'll heat up the water and then you can pour in this extract and it's kind of like a syrup mm-hmm. and you, they're just different methods for doing it and that was a lot of fun we had some success doing that and then we switched over to all grain mm-hmm. which is physically going and buying all of the grains themselves mm-hmm. and then you're kind of open to mix and match and create things that have 
either been done a thousand times or never been done. You just really open up some doors. And so once we did that, it, then we were kind of able to make some stuff. And I mean, you can look online and find clone recipes for mm-hmm. this or for that. And we'd kind of, okay, let's, let's pick a beer we want to try. And so we would create the recipe for that. And then we would brew that. And then we would go buy some also. Mm-hmm. And then kind of put them as an A-B test. And it's like, okay, how close are we? Uh-huh. And some of them we did pretty good. Yeah. And then we just got to the point where it's like, okay, well, I don't need to go buy those anymore because I'm kind of hitting where I want to go. And so right. let's just start taking it in some different directions and start brewing some different stuff. So this obviously was like small batches that you Yeah, guys they were just... five gallons okay. at the time. So you weren't selling it at this point. You were just like you no. and your buddies were just no, was... having your parties. and Yeah, I would share it with my buddies. You would share Shaking it with my head, buddy. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now the secret comes out, guys. He was sipping it all himself. <laughs> well, that is true, as I just took a drink. Um, <laughs> and so, but yeah, that was a five-gallon batch that we would do. And that kind of progressed to the point to where we were politely asked, hey, is there an option you can do in the garage? Um, <laughs> my lovely wife. And so we constructed a brew system that was 20-gallon pots. Uh-huh. And we did all of the manufacturing and welding on that. And surprisingly enough, it's still in one piece today. And, awesome. And so that would get us 10 gallons a batch. And so that made it a little easier to share. Um, and so better parties. Well, you say <laughs> that, and so that would kind of sag us through, flash forward several years, and then we hit the dreaded, beloved, whatever you want to call it, the COVID break. Oh yeah. Um, and so that that was actually pretty good for us um, because when we get into the homeschool phase of everything, right? None of us really knew what we were doing and I mean there was math being done then that I mean I just uh. I had no clue what I was looking at <laughs> and so uh, we would start homeschooling at officially 8 eight thirty in the morning maybe a little later <laughs> and then we had a, a teacher living catty corner from us and so we knew that she would get out at three uh-huh. so this gave us the opportunity to really just brew more and more non-stop and so at 305 We'd go out in the garage. I had six taps in my garage. Wow. And so by the time I opened the garage door, we walked outside, and there were probably another eight or ten parents on their way already to our driveway with lawn chairs. <laughs> wow. So, and so we could all stay spaced out, all spread out in the driveway, and that's when the kids had our PE. And right. so the kids would run around and muck, just going nuts. And so we, <laughs> we really burned through some kegs of beer. Um, and the driveway during that time. And so that made it easier to brew those over and over and really kind of work on consistency. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so it, it was kind of nice. It, so what it goes into doing that in your garage? How does that compare to doing what you do now with the, your big, are those called vats? <laughs> yeah. I don't know uh, what else to call them? Well, and so the biggest thing was um, temperature control. And so uh-huh. in the garage, I'm kind of at the mercy. Oh, you know, we're yeah. We're not rich by any means. And so it, I was like, I'd go yeah. into a stainless steel fermenter, and this, this is going to make my wife sound really bad in this interview. I, I love her to death, and she's always <laughs> been supportive. Um, 
but we would fill a fermenter and go i would have to talk my way into putting into our guest bathroom uh-huh. just for so it was uh-huh. at a steady temperature because it was too hot in the garage and so it kind of it got comical at sometimes because we would have it in buckets and there's an airlock I'll have to take you over in the fermenter and show you the airlock uh-huh. in a few minutes and kind of explain it. Um, but there's an airlock on it, so it produces CO2. Uh-huh. And so it lets that out, but it doesn't let oxygen in. So each of these little buckets has an airlock on it. And so it just bubbles and uh-huh. bloops and bloops and bloops. And so I got to where I would put these in the bathtub in yeah. the guest bathroom. And we would pull a shower curtain, too, just so it doesn't look like so breaking bad. <laughs> and... Um, so then we would have house guests over, and they're like, there's something wrong with your plumbing. There's all kinds of stuff bubbling and gurgling. And I was like, oh, it's fine. Oh, um, it's just our... Yeah, it's okay. You know. It's just our project. Don't look, or we'll kill you. Um, and, and so it was... After I'd kind of talked my way into that, I mean, I, I pretty much took over our guest bathroom as a fermentation room. Uh-huh. Um, and so, but comparing that to here is all of these fermenters are temperature controlled now. Okay. And so it was way harder back then. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can, I can put it in there on the new, on these, I'll put it in there. I'll dial in exactly what temperature I want it kept at. And how convenient. I know it's kind of cheating. (laughs) This kind of reminds me of when I was, when I was living at home doing my magazine, I processed my own, I actually rolled my own film into the canisters because I could roll as many, if I just wanted 10 shots, I didn't roll like 36 frames, I just rolled 10. And so people nowadays don't even know what that is. They don't even know what that is. Film canister what? Yeah, film canister. (laughs) You had to put your film inside of a canister. Now, actually, now, those are good for guitar picks. Oh, yeah? It's like the best guitar pick case I've ever had. I'll be danged. So you could probably make a lot of money if you have some canisters. Well, I don't have any of those anymore. We used to use the caps on the little plastic container Mm -hmm. we would poke a hole in those and use that as our 45 adapter on our record player a lot of people won't know what a record player is either but you know you're always losing losing the 45 (laughs) adapter but all the photographers in my group you know we just whip out our little canister caps punch a hole in there we got it anyway i turned this podcast into all for our conversation Back Truly. in my day. <laughs> Back in my day. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we had to make our own beer. <laughs> Walk uphill both ways. <laughs> Carrying a lot of beer. But I took over the the, the um, family bathroom for my darkroom. Yeah. And darkroom chemicals have an odor, too. <laughs> and uh, I don't no. know that anyone ever measured it on a sock scale. but <laughs> You probably shouldn't. Or any other kind of scale. <laughs> You probably lost free brain cells in there. Yeah. Because my parents used to do that. Oh, really? Yeah, and so they yeah. would do, like, wedding photography and stuff like that when I was a kid. Um, and so then I I dabbled in it. Yeah, yeah. Going through high school and stuff, and it was... So you know that you have to control your temperature there as mm-hmm. well. So I had the same kind of issues controlling the temperature of the water that you'd use in the chemicals. Yeah. So... I can relate. There was many a times when the water was too warm and I have to like cool it off with ice mm-hmm. or vice versa. I have to like keep the water running yeah. to get it warm. And I actually had a thermometer to measure the temperature because that is going to control how long your 
film is in processing. And That's a whole lot of work. A whole lot of work. Let me tell you. I'm glad I got it. Yeah, just give me my iPhone. Hobby. I'll take a picture. <laughs> no. It's Send so, it to a printer done. It's so easy now. I just whip out a camera. You don't even have to, you don't have to go in the dark room and dodge and burn your image. Now you're just a weirdo if you go in a dark room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I can relate. Um, so... How did you end up getting the, the this position in the crazy hotel? Did you just approach somebody, or did somebody <laughs> approach you, or did you bribe someone? Um, <laughs> I don't really know how to answer that without throwing anybody under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, maybe you, we shouldn't go there. Yeah, maybe you can edit. You've this already later. made one enemy uh, of your wife. Right. Oh, <laughs> no, no, she's super supportive. Like, and I'm not oh, saying I that sarcastic. I think she would have to be very long suffering. Um, so no, whenever they were creating this spot and this whole vision for the hotel yeah um it always it always came to i was always told that they wanted a functioning brewery in here literally in that window and for anybody not here not watching this is a 13 foot pane window that's straight off the lobby entrance lobby of the crazy water hotel and so i was always told yeah there's they want a brewery in here they want a brewery oh they want a brewery oh they want a brewery oh you don't say (laughs) And so it's like, so oddly enough, you, I'm a brewery. Did you want, at that point, did you want to do a brewery? Or was this your opportunity to say, hey, you know what? Maybe I want to do that. Well, and I was already here, but I was in another building a little farther away. Oh, I didn't know that. And so I would say, well, this is kind of odd. You guys want a brewery. Hey, I'm a brewery. All right, well, we want an established brewery. Ah, Somebody that's hmm. been in business for a while. They've kind of paid their dues, and it's like, thanks, uh-huh. but we'll we'll keep looking. It's like, ah, okay, no offense, nodding my head, yes. <laughs> and so, it, but I mean, it it worked out perfectly, and so I mean, no sweat on anybody. So we kind of spent a year and a half or so, kind of paying our dues. It's like we. We participated in all the pub crawls. I mean, we uh-huh. completely embedded ourselves in the town and the history and just meeting people and just saying, here's what we do. Here's why we're here. Mm-hmm. Like it or not, get used to it um, kind of deal. And so it was it was St. Patrick's Day of 19? When was COVID? I don't know. 2020 was COVID. Um, so maybe it was 2020. And so... Somebody approached me at our pub crawl that we were set up at, and they were like, well, did you hear the news? It's awesome. I was like, yeah, it's great. Can't wait. I'm like, okay, good. I go, what is it? <laughs> and then I just got this deer in the headlights look. And they're like, uh, you weren't told? I was like, well, I'm about to be told because you already <laughs> let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> and so I was taken in the back room and said, well, it's been decided that we want you to go into the Crazy Water Hotel. And so I, awesome. I had asked a half dozen times. And I was like, well, you know what? No. And I tried to play tough. But I was like, yeah, okay. Because uh-huh. this is, uh, I mean, it's like I could try and fight back and try and play. But it's, this is head and shoulders over anything that we could ever imagine. And so we were in a metal building before we were going to have to reconstruct it and uh-huh. redo everything. And it would have been a quarter of what this could be. 
And so, yeah, I tried to play tough, but it's like when I try and play tough with my wife, it just doesn't work at all. Um, I'll have and, to keep that in mind in yeah, case right. I, yeah, I you need bring, anything from yeah, you. I'll tell Christy to stay away from you. Um, <laughs> and so, but yeah, it's like, so we were, we were offered this and jumped at it. And so we, we kind of started putting a plan together and mm-hmm. it was a fairly easy seg over from our old plan. And it was yeah, we just went with it. It worked. Mm-hmm. And so we started putting the puzzle pieces in, mm-hmm. and it's a really weird room to have a brewery in and the way it's set up. It is a bit, yeah. And so we we actually went to a, it's called an immersive immersion course, and it's in Colorado, yeah. to where you go just work in a brewery for four days. Interesting. And so you show up at the brewery 8 o'clock on the first day, and you spend like four hours working on books and he's like, okay, order your lunch because you're about to get dirty and you're going to stay dirty for the next three and a half days. And oh it was, my goodness. we went downstairs and it was fantastic. It was like first day downstairs, it's like, okay, we're going to clean a ton of kegs and then we're going to clean out a nasty fermenter. And he wasn't kidding. And it was just like straight through to the wolves. And it, we learned a ton and it was I would recommend that to anybody wanting to do it. No wonder it was called immersion. Yeah. Yeah. It was just throw you in the deep end. (laughs) And so, but I mean, it's like, of course you kind of do that all day and then you get a couple beers when you're done, get back to the hotel room. It's like, Oh, my bourbon's calling me. And so get a couple (laughs) bourbons. Um, And uh, so then it's, I was probably, we'll just say I was a few bourbons in one evening and I start plotting it out, and with this being such a weird room, it's all windows. And yeah, so I uh-huh. couldn't figure out a good layout. So, again, with my just a couple of bourbons, um, <laughs> I start drawing this out. Yeah. And it's like, I think this will work. And so I was three sheets when I drew that. And so, needless to say, during the construction process, uh-huh. I was doing a lot of praying. It's uh, like, yeah. oh, my Lord, that's... Please. I think it like, worked out very well. If, if one thing, I mean, if I was, <laughs> I was feeling good when I drew it, and so, please let this come out. Please let this, <laughs> please let these two lines come together right, where right. I drew them together. And I'm, I'm extremely happy with it. All the help that we got in building it, and all the contractors, it's, I still love it. Did you have as, mi- as many of these vats over at your other location, or is this more than you had? Oh, this is it. So we. At my other building? Uh-huh. Right, yeah. I didn't have any over there. You didn't have any over there. What uh-huh. were you doing over there? I was, so you can't see it from here, and I'm pointing like everybody can see it. Um, <laughs> back, my day's back in radio. Maybe that's why I was terrible at it. Yeah. Um, so we have a one-barrel system over here on the far side uh-huh. that brews two kegs. Okay. And so I had that at the old building. Okay. And so when I do one batch of those, it's a 31-gallon batch. And so then it kicks out just enough to kind of entice people. And so it gets harder to keep up because luckily right. we we met and made good friends with um, the elders that run Crazy Water right, Festival right. and um, love them, love them to yeah, death. Yeah, they're great. And so she was, she, they were gracious enough to invite us to provide the beer for one of the, one of the Crazy Water Festivals. And it was, it was a lot of work doing it on that small system, but we put it together and made it happen um and so but yeah so the small system was at the old building okay okay and then we ordered this one and got it delivered in time for us to do the build out here and so 
it was another kind of jump in the deep end and <laughs> try and keep up. Yeah, because that's a lot of equipment. Well, and walking in one morning and like, what am I supposed to do with this stuff? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Did it come with the operating instructions? <laughs> it was in Chinese. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and so it's still like, and it still hits me. Like, even to this day, I mean, I'll, I'll walk in in the morning and it's like, holy crap, this is open. And it's like, <laughs> this is open. Man, I got I have a lot of work to do, but we've opened and we've kind of done it. So, um, what what craft beers do you have here, and are you still experimenting, making more? Have you settled on? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I try and really, uh, I try and keep a full selection to where I'm not one of those breweries to where. You walk in and Scott Elder will love this tour. You walk in and there's like 10 IPAs. Uh-huh, right. And then two other beers or 10 stouts or five of this and one of this. I try and keep it a really a broad scope, uh-huh. I guess is what I'm trying to say, to where somebody that comes in and it's like, oh, well, I don't like beer. It's like, oh, okay, challenge accepted. That just <laughs> means you haven't had the right one. Hmm, it's kind of my that's my approach to it um i mean right now it's like we've got we've got a, our crossroads lager which i like to call our gateway beer mm-hmm. not anything bad it's just it's small town it's it's still miller light bud light coors light it's still very right uh, domestic uh beer and so that's our gateway beer so that's kind of to ease somebody into it and it's yeah. like if they're kind of looking at the menu and looking a little confused it's like here Try this while you're looking at the menu, and then we'll get some talking points of, like, mm-hmm. what do you normally drink? What do you like? What do you don't like? So then that'll give our beer tenders kind of a little bit of direction. It's uh-huh. like, here, we'll try this and then try this, and then let's push the envelope a little bit and try this. So that'll give them some jumping off points. Right. But, I mean, we've got the Crossroads Lager. I have a Blonde. We have a Cream Ale. I have a Kolsch, which is German. A Hefeweizen, which was named after who we knew him. Um, he was a Euless police officer that uh-huh. was killed in the line of duty. Oh. David Hoffer. And so it's Hoffer's 554. And so that was his badge number. And so, Neela, all of our beers have a story behind them, whether it's good or bad. Um, I've got a, uh, a Martzen, which is a German lager, uh-huh. a Flying Pig Pale Ale, which is made with crazy water. And so well, it's an American pale how ale. nice. And we do it with crazy water. And it's... That's a really good beer. That's one of my go-tos if I'm hanging out. and You know, that just kind of makes sense to have a water called crazy water going into an alcoholic drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of what you make of it. Um, and then I've got an Irish red, which is what I'm having. So it's Michael O'Kelly, which was my fifth generation great-grandfather uh-huh. in County Cork, Ireland. Um, wow. And so, and then an 1877 black oatmeal stout, uh-huh. which 1877 was when the town was founded. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we try and keep a story behind all the beers. But to answer your question, yeah, we, I still experiment. Um, mm-hmm. We have the staples that I have to keep up with. Right. But then we... Especially once they get established as a favorite. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then we'll, we'll experiment on the side. That was... 
we had a gentleman come in to where I just pulled a beer off, tested it this morning. It's called Apache 3.5, mm-hmm. which is um, Carol Elder's dad. And so I was putting it together and wanted to pay homage to Vietnam veterans. Uh-huh. And so it's a Russian Imperial Stout of Vietnamese coffee. And so I contacted her, got his call sign from when he was a pilot oh, in the war. Oh, wow. And, um, and so I thought I was going to make her cry when I actually showed her the menu. <laughs> and so, oddly enough, I I almost cried. He came in about 30 minutes before you got here yeah. and brought us this Apache 3-5 plaque that was given to him back in 67. <gasps> wow. um, and so I'm still kind of rattled at that, wow. not sure what to do with it. But, yeah, and so that beer was named after him. And so we'll do the official launch on that in about two weeks. Has he tried it? He has. He loved it. Yeah? Um, yeah, which it's. Awesome. It's an angry beer. It's 9.1%. So it's like, <laughs> Now, is that on the sock scale? or <laughs> <laughs> No, that's that's on the no sock, no underwear scale. That's just like, that's playing drunk detective. Where'd all my stuff go? Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, so I'm still kind of reeling at that. So I got to find a, a good place here in the brewery to put that up. Yeah, but, that's um, going to have to pay, take a place of honor somewhere. But, yeah, and so we've got his... His beer on tap, um, experimenting with, um, I don't know if we should, I'm experimenting with a beer for uh, William Clark Green. Okay. And so he's been in here. He was actually my first music guest in here. Oh. It was about four in the morning, but I still count it. Um, (laughs) And we were, again, fairly inebriated, but that was one of the two times I've been in trouble with my wife. And um, (laughs) Only two? And both of the times I'll have were to with, ask her about that. both of the times were with him, oddly enough, and um, he's <laughs> he's a good guy. We love him, and so we'll put together a beer for him. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna experiment with that and see how it comes out, and then we'll kind of talk about the taste profile after that if it works. <laughs> so, what makes a good craft beer? What um, is just gonna just be personal? preference or i mean i can talk all big and say you can do this and this but it's a lot of luck uh-huh um it's it's coming up with different flavors that work together uh-huh but there's also an element of there's so many different ones out there that it i mean craft brew is 14 percent of the beer market hmm, interesting so there are no two craft beers alike which you'll find a lot of people, it's like they'll share recipes. Uh-huh. Um, one of the big craft breweries, uh, Sierra Nevada, they would actually publish a recipe. It was called Resilience. It was a number uh-huh. of years ago. And so they said, anybody can make this. You just have to contribute back to the California wildfires. And so you'll have a thousand different breweries across the U.S. make this. Uh-huh. And you have a thousand different variations of it because everybody has a different water profile. Or they're going to use a different crop year on hops. Or there's all these Same different recipe, elements in there. Mm-hmm. But yet it's going to come out different based upon You'll the You'll taste the similarities in it. Yeah. You're like, oh, that tastes like this. But it's like, and that was another thing when we go back to like coming here. Mm-hmm. So I don't do anything to the water. I mean, mineral wells water. That's what's brought people here since the 20s, uh-huh. since the teens. Um, and so that's kind of been one of my, putting my foot down. We're not. We don't filter, we don't RO, we don't do anything in the water. I pull it straight out and make beer with it. And so that's that's been one of my hard points. So pretty much every beer here is crazy beer. Every <laughs> single one of them is mineral wells water. 
and then one of them is actually crazy water okay that we okay. get from them which we'll expand that uh-huh. which they really want us to and again we love working with them and so we'll we'll kind of start to expand that a little bit but i don't want all of them out of crazy water just uh-huh. because you kind of want to keep yeah well as you said the the water also changes the taste mm-hmm. so you want yeah completely you want some, some variety yeah, because you can go through and you can study like a water profile from Munich, Germany or uh-huh. uh, Switzerland or anywhere in the world and you can get all of the details on their water supply. Uh-huh. And if you want to make a true Belgian, uh-huh. I'll go in and I'll look at a water profile for Brussels and then I can RO a water uh-huh. and add those chemicals in it to uh-huh. give me a Belgian water or one out of Moscow or one out of... Ukraine or wherever and so you can really manipulate this any way you want but it was it was just important to me to stay I mean we're in mineral wells that's what's drawn people here so Mm -hmm. let's let's use that why reinvent the wheel it's all about the water here and to your point of like what makes a craft beer it's it's all in the eyes of the holder yeah Um, yeah and so it's you can you can drink it and uh, we'll talk to a lot of people and they really like it Mm mm-hmm haven't had too many people they don't and so right. if they don't it's like oh well let's try this instead uh-huh. and so it's just every man it's everybody's got their own taste yeah and yeah we won't be able to cater to everyone um yeah. but it's we've had pretty good success if you don't like beer i got sangria <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not a beer drinker never have been don't really know much about it i've learned a lot today that i didn't know but there is one thing i do know I know where Rick House came from, and I know because I wasn't interested in beer, but I study etymology, the origin of words, okay, and I study innovation. And Rick House, when they were, you know, they have the well, you know what Rick House is, where they have I hope whiskey. So. I don't know where yeah, you're going. Well, they have whiskey <laughs> barrels in these rack houses, yeah, and when they were creating them they they didn't have racks they didn't start out with the racks they just stacked the barrels in there and the barrels on the bottom would start leaking because of the pressure from mm-hmm. the barrels stuck on top but this man came along and he devised this rack system so they could continue to stack the barrels but it would take the pressure off of the barrels and it's all wood there's no and it's metal all in wood those. exactly yeah. and it was called a rack and so the buildings that it was that they were in were called rack houses right and no one really knows why it's got rick house out of rack but i suspect it's just a corruption of the word rack mm-hmm. kind of like some people call borrow ditches bar ditches it's really borrow it's just the way we pronounce it makes it sound like or huckleberry bar. And Huckleberry. Yes, ah, yes. It's just I the think, tombstone reference. Yeah. So I think it's probably yeah. just a corruption of rack house. Well, I'm proud of you for knowing that. You win a free beer. Oh, you don't drink. Okay. I don't drink. Wait, you have sangria. I do. Damn it. But anyway, how did you settle on it? It's just something. It just—it's one of those idiotic things that popped in my head. Uh-huh. I was driving to my other job one day. Yeah. I was like, okay, I got to come up with a freaking name for this, and it was. <laughs> We start brewing beer. It's like I kind of jumped the gun on a lot of things. It's yeah. like, oh, let's design a shirt. Let's design this. I got to have a name. It's like, but you haven't done a beer yet. 
And so, ah. it's, but I was just driving to work and I was just kind of rifling through names and it was like, hey, that sounds kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I started researching it and there's, when I researched it, there was a restaurant with that name, uh-huh. but I couldn't find any breweries. Ah. And so it's like, that kind of clicks. Yeah. Um, and so I ran with that and got very, very lucky. I worked with my brother-in-law who used to work um, in the paint shop yeah. at um, one of the chopper manufacturing plants uh-huh. in Fort Worth. And so I kind of let him run with it. And so if, if you look at our logo, that comes through. And so it's all the old pinstriping from the motorcycle art. Ah. And then he integrated the Longhorn in. I was going to ask you about the logo. Yeah. Very interesting. So it has a, like, like a little Texas thing yeah, in there, completely. the Longhorn. And it even took me probably two weeks to notice the Longhorn. <laughs> it's like, damn it. <laughs> it reminds me of that guy on the... Uh, Facebook Reels. What is he always saying? Something one of those guys that says, it took me how many years before I knew this? I, I was today years old when I learned this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only I think he throws in a few uh, bad words. Well, yeah. <laughs> We're keeping it clean. Um, but yeah, and so that uh, uh, just came up with that name and I let uh, Chad run with the logo and it's, mm-hmm. I love it. And so we'll, I'll stick with it. It's mine. It's if you don't like it, don't come in. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. And, you know, it's it's interesting that it kind of, like, matches the hotel logo because they have kind of like a little. Yeah, and that yeah. was complete. That's like, I have, I've had this logo oh, since I know. You had probably yours 2015. You, yeah, since, um, yeah. But well, it was here when you opened. But that's kind of how all of this stuff has worked out. And it's been kind of like one of those meant to be, mm-hmm. um, like somebody's watching out for you. Whenever we were coming through and doing all this and going through the construction process, we were three-quarters of the way through, mm-hmm. if not further. And paint was up and everything like this. And my GM, love him. Um, he came to me one day, and we sat down, and both of us are just winded. It's been a day. He's like, you realize we've never had a construction meeting? <laughs> what? Like, Man, you're right. He goes, we've never talked about color. We've never talked about design. We've never talked about where you're going. He goes... That's remarkable that we've been working in parallel and That's going for the crazy. exact same feel for for what the hotel is. And so that, again, chalk it up sync. to meant to be. Yep, I agree. Here, I have been to, see, I've been to a couple of events. You had music one night and uh, trivia. Mm-hmm. What other kind of events do you guys have here, and how frequent do you have those so events? So we do trivia once a month. Um, I've got music every Friday and Saturday. Unless somebody comes in and just wants to pick uh-huh. earlier in the week, I'll throw them a guitar, and I've been known to do that. And I've, I've put some people on the spot, and, um, <laughs> you know, they'll either do it or they won't. And so, but, yeah, it's, we'll have music every weekend. Trivia once a week. We have forty. Oh, we have a group that comes and plays forty-two, twice a month okay. in the lobby. That's a tradition in Mineral Wells. Dominoes yeah. forty-two. Yeah. And so we're starting up some different, um, some different trivia stuff that we'll experiment with. We've got some friends of ours working on that. Um, but then we also we make sure that we observe any and all the holidays we can. I mean, of course, St. Patrick's Day is a massive deal mm-hmm. with my heritage. And so everybody jokes about, okay, when St. Patrick's Day is over, it's like, okay, you can stop being Irish and (laughs) 
you can start being Hispanic on May the 5th. <laughs> and Okay, so I made a Mexican lager that we'll have off. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. Uh, it's really good. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, we won't dive into that as much as the St. Patrick's Day, but as we'll have a big event for Cinco de Mayo. We, um, what else do we have coming up? We we'll have a really big event for a Memorial Day ceremony uh-huh. that I was just talking to the gentleman earlier today. It's a lot of people are kind of confused with it because there's no music. It's quiet. We have a priest on site and we have the battlefield cross and it's really done with like the utmost respect. And we go through and we read dog tags of those uh-huh. fallen and it's, it's a Memorial it's Day event. event. Um, yeah. And I mean, then we'll, we'll kind of seal it up with a bow at the end of it and kind of then we'll have some beers and all hug and but yeah it's it's one of those it'll get you uh, if you're not ready for it even if you are it's i he uh the priest that did it i kind of surprised him and he he was very very proud of himself that he made it through the reading without crying oh my but then i went up and did my toast and i i apparently broke him and so he had some (laughs) choice words for me but it's you know it's only good fun um but yeah, and so I mean, it's I'm very very serious about that. I hate to call it a holiday um, because it's not it's not hanging out at the lake and eating hot dogs right, and right. smoking everything and hooting it up. I mean, we we well, really pay homage to it. Holiday is really a quick way or a shortened way of saying holy day. Yeah. So it's you're really treating more like a holy day. Yeah, and I mean, I've got, we have a Texas flag up over the bar that was given to me by a friend that retired out of the SEAL teams. Mm-hmm. And so that was given to him by Rick and Anita Perry. So this plaque is up on the side with with their team logo and their team patch. And then mm-hmm. I was talking to another friend that gave us an American flag, which he was in an operation with uh, Special Operations Special Forces to where they lost an individual on that one. And so that flag came from there. And so we have them both represented in here. And so it's the whole veterans affiliation and support is a really big deal with us. And so, again, once we come into Memorial Day, it's not it's not this wild and crazy thing for a party. It's for an hour, hour and a half. We're going to break down. And if you don't like it, I mean, you're welcome to go hang out the lobby or go across the street. But I mean, it's going to get quiet and everybody's going to hug. Everybody's going to (laughs) cry. We're going to make through, we're going to make it through, and then you hug, and on to the next. So, Memorial Day is a pretty big deal. Yeah, that sounds like a very different atmosphere that day. The rest of the time is like party. Yeah. But, yeah. That's our one deal. That's our one time we kind of shut down, and it's like, okay, just put up with me for an hour. Right. And then we'll be back, but put up with me for an hour. And so, on... Uh, on the light right here, I had this list, these dog tags. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, those. Those were all those. fallen. I did not notice those before. And so that's the dog tags that we read last year. And so okay. we'll open it up again this year uh-huh. for more dog tags to be written or printed. And then we'll do those again. And we'll just keep, we'll keep doing the it. list more and more every year. Wow. That's that's just <laughs> like, that's great. Um, when did you start that? What year did you start that? Last year. Really? <laughs> so it's going to be an annual thing, huh? It is. Yeah, and so we we opened on April 1st of 2022, and so Memorial Day was one of those, like, first out of the shoot. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, crap, we have to do something for Memorial Day. Yeah. And so I loved what we did, loved slash hated what mm-hmm. we did, but it was it was a big success. We 
we met a lot of people that day um hugged a lot of people that we'd never seen before that just needed it and yeah haven't seen them again but it, you could tell that we made a difference that day and so but yeah we we it was a successful run that one and so we'll we'll keep going that'll be an annual um but yeah like the big holidays st patrick's day memorial day of course Oktoberfest uh-huh. in september um that confuses <laughs> a lot of people um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we try and book events and on those larger events or even once or twice a month, we'll try and have a food truck outside. Uh-huh. Just kind of, it helps get people in yeah. and just kind yeah. of, hey, let's go hang out and just let's go play some games or we'll go yep. play Battleship or Jenga or whatever is over here. Yeah. Um, and so it just keeps people busy. Yeah, I haven't played games, but I have come here to meet people and just spend some time and that's that's exactly why we did this and so that's the difference between a bar uh-huh. and a tap room a bar is where i'm gonna go to forget my day uh-huh. or forget my family or it's like man my job sucks i need <laughs> 10 drinks versus a tap room uh-huh. which where you'll come and just like you said you're gonna sit and you're gonna talk to people that you've never met before mm-hmm. or you're gonna have a conversation with somebody on the other side of the column it's like yeah oh oh crap you used to hang out in Deep Ellum? I yeah, did too. Yeah. And so it's the same thing. And so right. you end up kind of building a rapport or making new friends. And mm-hmm. so that's, I don't know if anybody else has run with it, but that's my definition of a tap room is just uh-huh. building community and just talking to people that you may not normally talk to or hanging out with them and just making new friends. Yeah, I think that's happened pretty much every time I've come in here. I usually am meeting someone here, but then we get to talking to people at the next table. So, yeah. you know, or if we're sitting up at the bar you know, somebody sitting next to us or they overhear something we say and they pitch in and <laughs> we're like, not yeah. eavesdropping. Just no, <laughs> I know. I mean, and I don't mind it. I've always operated like that everywhere yeah. I've gone. I just talk to people. Yeah, they're not being nosy. Even when I was a little kid, <laughs> I, you know, most, most parents are like, they can't find their kids because they're just, you know, out playing somewhere. My mother, when she wanted to find me, she would just start dialing phone numbers of each house in the neighborhood and just working mm-hmm. her way through the neighborhood until oh, yeah. she found me. I was usually inside someone's house talking to the adults, a little kid, because I just, I don't know, I'd be riding my bike and then I'd stop and just yeah. start talking to adults. They'd invite me in for cookies and milk. and <laughs> Totally a different world back oh, then. Oh, yeah, totally different world. <laughs> now your mother would be freaking out. Yeah. You did what? Yeah, those cookies had what in them? <laughs> of course, my mother and pe- dad knew everybody on the street, yeah. you know. You go down to but, the house of the hippies, it's like, have some brownies. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we had any hippies on our street. <laughs> but it, it was a, like a farming community, so. Oh, okay. Um, there were usually like barrels out in front of, um, b- barrels, wheelbarrows out oh, okay. in front of people's houses where they would put their excess produce. So if you were out biking and your mother said, hey, see if such and such has some extra corn. You, oh, wow. You just go, go down and find somebody that had corn out in their wheelbarrow and right. pack them up on your bicycle huh. and take them home. <laughs> That's interesting. It was a nice neighborhood. <laughs> right across the street, um, the neighbors had pomegranates. Oh, wow. And that was the only place I knew to get pomegranates. I don't think they were even in grocery stores at that time. Yeah. And um, we could just go over there and get get them fresh. They loved it because they would just fall and rot, or the birds would get them. So they loved it when us we went to go over there and grab a bunch of pomegranates. Yeah, those things are hard to eat, though. You have to eat a bunch of these <laughs> tiny little. Eat with a spoon. 
hit him with a spoon. I mean, it was messy too. Yeah. But we were kids. We didn't care. We did a bunch of crap back then. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. So, same here. Bunch of crap. So you were talking about your food. You sometimes have food trucks out here for special mm-hmm. events, right? Um, yeah. I mean, we try and keep those booked like once or twice a month uh-huh. on a Saturday. And so they'll come set up, whether it's barbecue or a taco truck. or. Okay. So you kind of rotate around mm-hmm. and give different Yeah. So we've locals. got a grilled. It's a gourmet grilled cheese. Uh, mm. truck coming in on the 29th i believe okay i'll be here yeah i love gourmet grilled cheese yeah it's fun they're really really good i'll be here i might have to try more than one if they have variety <laughs> i may have to stack of them like a dagwood grilled <laughs> i had to go cheese. find one of those old wheelbarrows you were talking about just <laughs> yeah, to get you out of here <laughs> fill her up <laughs> yeah I'll roll you back to the house <laughs> That and, that and some sangria, that's all. That's, you know? There you go. There you go. Yeah, that's a good image. <laughs> so you don't have a kitchen here, and yet you serve food. Where does that food yeah. come from? Um, so we work closely with the bistro, and they cater food in. And so we, we keep a cold, a reach-in fridge to mm-hmm. where it's like wraps and charcuterie boards and sliders and just kind of finger food. Okay. Just to kind of help people if they're coming in and stopping they need a lunch or something just quick no but yeah i i don't have the patience for a kitchen um <laughs> no it's a whole different world i mean it really is you know I've, i had a good friend of mine that he was a chef and he told me one day he's like we can't meet in a kitchen he goes i've i've thrown pots at people and so it's like <laughs> they're a whole different they're a whole oh, different right. type of weird um but yeah and so i just i don't have the patience for a kitchen i mean this is so we just we need something easy, and mm-hmm. they bring it to us pre-packed, and it's just it's on the menu. You order it, and it just comes to you straight. It's we okay. just stay stocked up in it, I and mean, we stay stocked up for the most part. I mean, it's it is kind of at the at mm-hmm. the mercy of mm-hmm. the everybody, and so it's, it's. Is this are these items on their menu over there, or are these made specifically for you? They're just for us. Okay, because I thought so. I was like, wait mm-hmm. a minute, I don't remember these items being on their menu. Yeah, and so, so I mean, we've, that's we've got interesting. It that's great because then it's unique to your place. It is, and I mean, it's it's all of us working together in downtown, uh-huh. um, and that's been that's been a soapbox of mine from early on. It's mm-hmm. like it's let's let's make all of this work and it's going to mm-hmm. take all of us to make it work. And so it's not me against the guy next to us or the restaurant across from us or anything uh-huh. like that. There's not this competition element. It's, it's going to take all of us to get tourism and boost tourism into this town. I agree. And if somebody's looking for a different type of drink or a different mm-hmm. type of meal, I mean, we're quick to recommend. It's like, Oh, well I don't have that, but these guys do. And so we'll, I even have a stack of different menus in here to where if they're kind of looking for something else, uh-huh. we can kind of give them a little bit of insight of what's down here. But, yeah, we've all got to work together on it. I notice you also carry Dublin root beer because I drink I that all the time. Yes. Yeah, I've got nine different Dublin drinks. It's wow. crazy. So you're actually supporting another town, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. I mean, it's we enjoy working with them. And we've gone to Dublin for years and years, and so it's – it's nice to be able to kind of go first full circle mm-hmm. and just be able to carry some of those. Um, but yeah, we work with this fantastic family that runs the distributor and so they'll deliver mm-hmm. them to us and they'll, man, they burn out of here. That's I'm I surprised. I appreciate how, it because you know, I'm not a beer drinker, but 
I know we've I'll, covered I'll drink that. Root beer. <laughs> That's Maybe one of my favorite do... favorite things at the. If I go to State Fair of Texas, they've got their root beer there, uh-huh. and it is so delicious. Yeah. Now I've experimented with root beer before. And oh yeah. That's kind of. Maybe on the radar at some point, but uh-huh. I mean, whenever you carry a Dublin root beer, I can't easily beat yeah. that. So, yeah, we'll just kind of let that one ride out for a little while. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll experiment with a root beer in all my free time. Yeah. So, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to share with people? I don't think so. It's got it all said, huh? Yeah. Everybody knows everything about Rickhouse Brewing now. They probably know more than I do. (laughs) (laughs) They may know more than you wanted them to know. Well, yeah, that's true. But that's usually the case. That's not not uncommon. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you spending time with me today. Well, thanks very much. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for coming in. I have too. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening, y'all. And hey, put this date and time on your calendar. April 27th. Thursday at 6 p.m. at Rickhouse Brewing. This is the date and time of the launch of the Apache 35 that Brian was telling us about. It's an aged Russian imperial stout loaded with Vietnamese cold brew coffee, and it's named in honor of Bill Arneson, one of our own citizens who is a veteran of the Vietnam War. Be sure to like this episode and to follow the podcast so you won't miss the next one. Do you have a topic you want to talk about? Something you want to hear about? A question about mineral wells? Email me at insidemineralwells at gmail.com. Find me anywhere you listen to your podcast. Or follow Inside Mineral Wells on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or InsideMineralWells.com.